Welcome to this month's bonus cast. We are Phil and Meredith, and we believe that the life of a Jesus follower is a resilient life. So every month we are coming to you with fresh conversations around topics that we hope will build a resilient life of faith in you. So this month we're taking a few minutes to talk to you about how to get the most out of reading your Bible. We all have one. You might have a printed one. You might have one on this phone that you're listening to the podcast on right now. But we want to talk about how do you get the most out of Scripture, out of reading the Bible. It can be confusing when you read the Bible, right? Sure. If you're just starting to read the Bible, often we don't know who wrote what and what is contextual and what makes sense for me and what is relevant, all of those kind of things. And knowing that the Bible was written thousands of years ago, how do we get the most out of reading this scripture that was written not by one person, but was written by something like 40 different authors? How do we get the most out of it? So that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so cool because, you know, when we as people who follow Jesus as Christians, we believe that the Bible is really God's word like to us, that God said, hey, these are some things that I want my people to know. Um, And he said that. And of course, there's a whole history and this isn't a history lesson of how we got exactly what we have in our Bible and why these are the words that we look at. Um, but it's a really cool thing when, for me, I feel really connected to my faith and the history of my faith when I sit and I think like, wow, for hundreds of years, for thousands of years, people who believe in God, people who follow God, who want to be close to God have been reading these texts, have been reading these ancient words and, and getting life out of them and finding a relationship with God, but how to do it well, I think that is where we go, what am I doing now? Yeah, and I, I think that I, I like to understand that Scripture is essentially God speaking to us. There's certainly some great stories in there. There's some great illustrations that are in there. But at the heart of it, the Bible is God's letter to us. Mm-hmm. And it's written for us, ultimately, so that we can learn, we can grow. It was written to people thousands of years ago, whether yeah. it was prophecies that were written or even accounts in the Gospels of of Jesus's work that we can gain from. Um, But ultimately, it's God speaking to us. And we have to remember that there were people that had a relationship with God before the Bible was authored, right? And, And that we can learn about God, we can build a relationship with God through Scripture, but ultimately the heart of Scripture is about connecting with your Creator. Yeah, I think that's such an important part even before we dive in any farther because um, because we have such a high regard for scripture such a love for scripture but it's easy sometimes to in in kind of our worldview in our Christian circles in particular get into this idea that like the Bible is the centrality of our faith or right, the, right? and right. It, I mean I remember having that thought at whatever stage you know in my life and going wait a second the scriptures that I read that I love so much, that bring me so much life, that bring me so much direction, the people who I'm reading about in these scriptures, the early church that I'm reading about in these scriptures, they didn't have these scriptures. All they had was a relationship with Jesus right. and the community of God figuring out what does it mean to live like this. And so that becomes really important that the Bible is not what makes me saved. The Bible is not is not the focus of my faith. It becomes the support to my faith because I have fallen in love with Jesus. Yeah, and especially that would be true not only just for us individually, but also for those of us that are living in a a post-Christian society where the Bible says so is not 
uh, a reason that is going to hold much weight mm -hmm. in society anymore. And so we need to be able to speak about our faith and about our convictions beyond just what the Bible says to us as it was written, um, but ultimately it should be grounded in the values of God and the character of God and the relationship with Jesus that we have and those kind of things. So, yeah. so we, you know, we uphold the importance of of Scripture and the way that it was written and in the inerrancy that it was written in and those kind of things. Um, and, and also understanding that we should be constantly studying Scripture. There's never a, a time when you are finished reading the Bible. Absolutely. And as someone myself who likes checking off projects, and I, I love working through my to-do list, you know, I'm never done reading the Bible. Yeah. That's probably one like love-hate relationship type thing that I have with the Bible is I'm never going to check it off and say, I'm done, I'm finished. Even once I get to the end of Revelation, if I'm reading it cover to cover, I'm still not done yeah. because I'm still going to pick it back up the next day, study it, find out what Jesus is wanting to say through it, um, and, and make sure that I'm constantly being reminded about what yeah. his message is. It makes me think of, you know, a few weeks ago I was reading through um, all the different accounts of the crucifixion and the resurrection. I was reading through all four Gospels and reading through those again. I, I must have been preparing for Easter or something. I remember coming out like how many times, right? Both of us have come up in church. We've been pastoring for several years now. How many times have I read these stories? And all of a sudden, this sentence that I'm sure I've read dozens of other times before, all of a sudden just stood out to me. And I was like, did you, did you know? And it's one of those like random details that one of the authors included right. in the story. And I remember coming out and going, did you know this is in here? Like, this is incredible. There's this one sentence and it's like coming back to life. And I think that's the cool thing about the fact that that scripture is different than other books that we read, that mm -hmm. it's, there's life in it, that all of a sudden it, it comes to you differently. It hits you differently. It, it, you know, opens up in a new way. Depending on the season Depending that you're on in. Where you're, exactly yeah, right. Context in the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what are some things that you think don't help us read our Bible well, or that work against us getting the most out of our Bible reading? Yeah, I, I think maybe some of the beliefs that um, that I've heard over time, like it was written thousands of years ago, so it's irrelevant for us today. Sure. Because, you know, technology is not mentioned or social media is not mentioned. And yeah. so, you know, it, it's it's irrelevant. It's outdated. Um, yeah. So, you know, thousands of years ago in a land far, far away is where the Bible was authored. Yeah, so yeah. What, what relevance does it have for me today? Yeah. How about you? Yeah, so this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but it's just, it, it always makes me laugh when we say things like technology isn't mentioned. Mm -hmm. Technology is totally mentioned all throughout scripture. Mm -hmm. It's just not the technology that we have that now, we have, sure. but they were dealing with the same technology they have. But anyway, um, it's just a little random thought that I have from reading my Bible. Um, I think one of the things that helps us not get the most or that works against us getting the most out of our scripture is when we um, when we treat all of it like it's the same yes. as well. Yeah, talk about that. Um, so different books in the Bible are written in different forms, are written, so meaning different literary styles, are written to different people, were written in different time periods. Um, I, mean, I mean, we have an, an Old Testament, uh, what we commonly refer to as an Old Testament, which are scriptures that existed before Jesus. They're the scriptures that Jesus would have studied as a young Jewish boy before coming he up. Before came to earth, yeah. Yeah, sorry, before he came to earth, thanks. Um, and then we also have scriptures that were written to the early church that account for Jesus' life, that speak to the church about how to live and how to. So all of these books are written with really different context. 
And often we come to them because they're all bound in the same book and we try to read it like any other book that we would read. We start at the front page and we work our way through with the same mindset. And I think we've got a lot of really just confusing things out of that. Um, people, people trying their best, wanting to go like, okay, I should be reading this Bible thing. Um, but we haven't always done well, I think, as leaders maybe at coming around people and going, oh, these are these are totally different things. Psalms and the book of Ephesians are really different literary books, mm -hmm. and we should read them really differently with a different mindset in mind about what we take away from them. Yeah, and, and not just Old Testament to New Testament, but totally. even in right. the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, there's, there's law and there's prophecies. And so like you said, the Bible is not even written chronologically. This is not a story right. from the beginning. It, it can seem that way because when you open up in Genesis, it says in the beginning. And so we think, oh, okay, so this is telling a story from the beginning until now. Yeah. But then you realize very quickly, well, that's not true because yeah. the Bible is, is written in a way that is broken down, or at least it's assembled in a way that that puts different categories and different styles together. And so yeah. we have some poetry connected all together, and then we have some law connected all together, and we have some prophecy, you know, major prophets and minor prophets all connected together. But that doesn't necessarily mean that as you're reading, you're moving forward in time, and that, that's what can be confusing. So, so important that, that as you're reading, regardless of where you are reading in the Bible, you're looking for Jesus. He's easy to find in the New Testament totally. because he's incarnate in the Gospels, and we see him mentioned in, in, in Acts and in Re Revelation specifically by name. But but in the Old Testament, we, we can see evidence of Jesus in different parts as well. So one of the ways that I get the most out of reading the Bible is to be looking for Jesus in Genesis so and in Numbers and in Judges, and re regardless of Talk where I find myself. Talk about what you mean myself. by that. What do you mean by look for Jesus? Because if, if we just said that Jesus isn't, wasn't born on earth until kind of that marker between Old Testament and New Testament. When you say look for Jesus in the Old Testament to somebody who, who's, you know, hasn't come up in church or hasn't been, isn't a pastor yeah, yeah. and doesn't study, what do, what do you mean by that? Yeah, for sure. So there's something called types and shadows, which is when Jesus is referred to, but he's not explicitly mentioned. It, it's implied that this is Jesus who is, who is referred to. And so a great example is that many of us have heard of Daniel in the lion's den. And, and another the part of that story in the book of Daniel is the the four Hebrew boys, right? Yeah. And uh, and and so we see them get thrown into the fiery furnace, and then we know that there is someone that comes to join them yeah. in the fiery furnace, so that these boys are not burned, and that they actually come out alive, even though the people, the guards that were putting them in the fire, yeah. they they were burned and they died because of the heat of the fire. Wow. And so these boys came out of the fire because of this figure that was seen in there. Mm -hmm. And it's our belief that that was Jesus that was there present in the Old Testament yeah. before he was actually incarnate on earth. Yeah, so, so good. That and other examples like that, that we can find the evidence of Jesus being mentioned. You, you won't find Jesus being mentioned in the Old Testament by name, but you might see some prophecy that is prophesying about the coming Messiah that right. would come and yeah. would redeem the world. Yeah. Some, I know some scholars that we kind of like to follow, some modern scholars that we follow, often use the phrase that the Bible is a story that continually points us to Jesus, yeah. right? That tells us about him and points us, points us to him. And I always love that thought that as we're reading it, one of the things that I think has worked against me 
over the years is this thought that I need to be reading a lot of scripture every day. And yeah. that's what makes me like really a, a, a good Christian, right? You right. know, like I'm really committed to it or like, you know, two in the old, one in the new, a mm-hmm. psalm and a proverb every day. Um, and I think if if you're in a season where you're hungering like that and God's really calling you to that, that's a really beautiful thing. But I also think there have been other seasons of my life where we're reading the scripture of the day from the Bible app has gotten more for me, in me, connected to God than reading, you know, 30 minutes of Bible or 45 minutes of Bible. And I remember several years ago, all of a sudden realizing, what, why am I doing this? Do I feel closer to God after reading scripture today? Or do I feel like I've checked off my box, right? right? And that gets religion that is a hundred percent, and that gets into such a like I can earn it, I can do it mentality, and mm-hmm. I think that works really against why God gave us all of these beautiful verses and beautiful scriptures. Yeah, and I think that that's such a a great point and something that's so overlooked when it comes to even our walk of faith, and even those of us that have grown up in yeah. the church. I was speaking with someone just a, just recently. And they were talking about how um, how they were a Christian, but they believed that they were saved. Essentially, what they were talking about was because of the good things that they did, because yeah. they showed up to church, because they read their Bible, because they were kind to people and they were generous. And don't we all do that, like time and time again, yeah. right? And, and whether you say it to me in conversation, yeah. a lot of us believe it. Totally. Like our motivation is to do good because we want God to be impressed with us yeah. or to treat us well. Like I'll, I'll help them because I, you know, I, I'm getting helped or whatever. And that becomes the motivation where, we, whether we say it or not. But I, I look back at this guy and I was like, that's not the gospel of grace. Yeah. That's not what Jesus came to save us from. We have yeah. been saved from our sin. Regardless of how good you think you are, you can't earn your way into heaven. Yeah. It's this deeply enriching profound conversation to remind us about the importance that regardless of how much you read your Bible, right, it's not going to get you into heaven. Right. A hundred percent or closer to God or in relationship with him or, or change and transform your life. You can study it and know it. And I think that that thought is so connected to this thought of like, I have to be somebody who, who deeply studies scripture, right. Or who, who gets into the nitty gritty. Now, now in part of what, what we are called to is me and you being me and you, everyone can't see me pointing back and forth (laughs) on the table um, is, is we are called um, as leaders to be people who study the scripture. And all of us, I think, should have a, a level of commitment to it. But I think we have this thought of, like, I have to be somebody who is a, a, an ancient Hebrew scholar, right, mm-hmm. which, which we're not, um, to really understand the Scripture. And I always love this verse. Um, and it's in one of the Gospels. I think it's in the Gospel of John, but I, I could be wrong on that. But Jesus is getting ready to leave. And then it says, and he opened their mind, referring to the disciples, he opened their mind for the understanding of the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, part of what it tells me is that it's not all of my study that helps me understand what these books are. It's my relationship with Jesus. It's my connectedness to who he is that helps me really understand this word and the scripture. And I think that's been just profoundly life-changing for me of realizing as I walk with him, he helps me understand this. Mm-hmm. He helps me get this more. It's the heart of, of who he is. And even really confusing and difficult passages, I feel like my relationship with Jesus has helped me go, this doesn't make sense to me in line with who I know he is. 
So, so now I want to go find deeper understanding. Now I want to go find it. What, what is some of that ancient context that was happening here? Because it feels like there's something I'm missing because of who I know God is mm-hmm. and what I'm reading in this text that's not making sense in my modern mind. And so now I go, oh, okay, who was this written to originally right. so that I can understand the context around it a little bit yeah. more? For sure. Does it line up with the nature and the heart of God yeah. and who we know him to be in our personal relationship with him? And, you know, I, I think that, that God has uh, a great deal of, of value when it comes to scripture. I mean, the, the scripture itself is, is written. One of the authors of, of the Bible says that all scripture is God breathed, that it's inspired by God while 40 something people might have actually authored pen to paper. It's all inspired by God. And so if we have this accurate understanding of the fact that God wrote this, I I would almost say the opposite can be true of what you were just saying a moment ago, that sometimes some of us have this, maybe this pressure of, I have to study everything. The opposite can be true as well, where some people say, well, this book is is so big and so difficult to understand, and so yeah. I'm just going to leave that to the pastors and to the preachers, and they can break it down for yeah, me, that's and I'm so never good. going to read the Bible myself. That's great. And I think... That's and now we're like, happening. we're getting into temperament things, right? Like my default is like, oh, I have to study more. I have to know it all, right? right? And somebody else is like, well, I'm never going to get that. Let me right. tap out, right? And I'm like, man, that's what was happening 500 years ago. Yeah, before so Before we had the printing press, before we so had, good. you know, Protestant religion to allow everybody to have access and everybody to to be able to read the Bible for themselves and to, to weigh this up and, and all of those kind of things. And so I, I would encourage us to find that ground in the middle that says, I can have my own personal relationship with God. And now view on the Bible should be that it is a a treasure that we are looking for. Jesus is the treasure in the Bible. Yes. The field is is the Bible that we are looking in and we're digging through to try and find more of Jesus and to understand him better. That's so good. I, I love like that thought that when we go to scripture, the idea, the picture, the mental kind of picture is us digging to find Jesus. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So l- let's talk about some real practical things then that have helped you over time in, in making sure that you're getting the most out of Scripture. And, and just in, to be fully candid and transparent, there are different seasons in my life where I've thought, yeah. I'm, I'm not getting a lot out of my Bible at the moment. I'm struggling to read it. I'm lacking motivation. And totally. then these are, this is a list of things that I go back to that we're getting ready to talk about that help me make sure that I'm putting an appropriate amount of value in it. So I just want to make sure that you understand today, we are human as well. And we totally. go through seasons where we think like, this is difficult and I'm not hearing from God in this and yeah. all that. I think that's a big thing I evaluate. Because I can be so, um, I want to make a plan and then I want to just like roll with that forever, that this is my plan, right? And and so a big thing that I evaluate when I'm feeling like, oh, this feels dry, this feels routine, this feels mundane, I feel like I'm not connecting right now, I go, wait a second, what what's happening in this season of my life right now and what is it that my relationship with God needs in relationship to the scripture? And, and like you said, we've had so many seasons, right? And, and that was really tough for me because, so when we met, I was studying at Bible college, right? Mm-hmm. You started going to Bible college while we were dating. So that's a season where I was reading a ton of scripture every day. You're in this environment. I mean, it's part of what's happening in your life. 
And, and a few years later, we're both working full-time jobs. All of a sudden we're having our first kid. Like your, your season of life is really different. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling like I need to go back and should be doing it the other way and realizing that's actually not this season. And then coming into another season and going, okay, what, what do I need in this season right now? So I think a thing I'm continually trying to evaluate that helps me get the most out of it is what season of life am I in right now? Mm -hmm. yeah, and what's going to work for me in this season could be and probably will be different than what worked in the last season. hundred percent. God is still the same, but how we relate to him changes over yeah. time, right? What would you say? So I, I think that what I find always helps me without fail is to pray first before getting into scripture. Yeah. And sometimes we think I'm just going to read my Bible. And so we open the Bible in some haphazard way. Like I'm just going to, I've got 10 minutes right now. So I might as well just see the verse of the day in my Bible app, or I might just flip open the, the book and, and see where I land and close my eyes and point to a scripture and think that's what God has for me today. Right. And then that very well may work for you. What I find get gets the most out of the scripture for me is to pause before I enter into that space and to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to me specifically and directly on what I need to hear today and, and to make sure that I am hearing that. It helps me prepare myself yeah. and it helps, I think, tell God that I'm ready for whatever he has for me in that moment. So making sure that we pause first. And then I find that getting into a, a habit of where I pray, when I pray, mm -hmm. and, and, and that type of routine really helps me to make sure that I'm entering into that well. Um, those are the things that, that I find really helpful. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's really key. I like that. And, and I, I try and make sure as well that I, f I find a translation of the Bible, which is a whole conversation that we might have in a future podcast um, about different translations that exist and why they exist and which ones we prefer and all yeah. that. Um, I, I found a, a translation that, that I relate well with, that I gain a lot from, that speaks to me. And, and so I don't jump around a lot of, unless I'm really studying for a message or for a deeper topic, I, I like to stick to a translation so I'm not getting too lost in it. Yeah, really good. When and where do you like to read and do your prayer? So I like uh, first thing when it, it alters because Meredith and I alter, alternate in, in the morning with our kiddos. But if she's got the kids in the morning, then I usually spend some time immediately when I'm getting up and getting moving to start my day in scripture. Uh, that's working for me at the moment. And then usually when I first sit down at my desk um, at the start of the work day as well, I'll take five or 10 minutes and just look through scripture as well. Um, and then usually I'll, if I'm trying to study something deeper, uh, a topic or for a message or something, I make sure that I, I block that time as well. I'm on my calendar to make sure that I'm, I'm not missing uh, something that God has for me in that. I find that the later in the day that it gets, the more difficult it is for me to, to be studying and to be reading just because naturally I'm tired. And so I like yeah. to do that as much as possible earlier in the day. Yeah, yeah. That's so you? good. Uh, yeah, same thing. I, my most kind of consistent time are then the mornings that you get up and do breakfast first and I have a little bit of extra time. Um, so I have a chair in our room that I normally go and sit in, um, make some coffee, sit there, pray, read my Bible. Your devotional chair. Yeah, it is my devotional chair. That's why I sit there. And, um, yeah. And just, I mean, really honestly in the season of life that we're in on the mornings that I'm up with the kids doing breakfast, 
it's much more difficult for me to get to Bible reading. And, and there are many of those days that, that I might not get to it on that day, you know, or, or that it, that I am going to just do the, the verse of the day kind of like while I'm at lunch that day. Um, because I've, I've found it just really challenging in this season to always find time before the kids are up and all of that stuff. But I think the consistency of knowing I have this regular pattern, and that's what I would say to somebody is just find some rhythm of consistency in your life. I always love the idea. Someone gave me a picture years ago of that, you know, reading your Bible um, in some ways is like working out, right? That it's better for you to work out 15 or 20 minutes every single day than it is to not do anything all week and then do a three-hour workout on a Friday. Run a marathon. Or Run a marathon or something like that. Phil just ran his first ever marathon, if you're listening right now. Still feeling it. Um, and I think some of us try and do that, right? We don't read scripture for a week or two weeks at a time, and then we go, oh, man, I'm super far behind. I'm going to catch up on this Bible reading plan and, you know, just, like, veg out on it. But but what's what's more important, I think, is a small, consistent connection with God and with his word. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree fully with that. That's so good. And one of the things that just personally helps me, uh, I think some people love the the texture feeling of a paper Bible. I me, get, I'm people. Yeah, you're you're the people that I'm yeah. referring to, and a whole lot of people just like you. But but I find that I am able to focus more and comprehend more if the words are moving on the screen for me. So it. it arrests my tension and keeps me focused if I have my Bible app open and then it's reading to me and I'm looking at the words but the also that they're moving so I'm less likely to, to get distracted by something and else the, around and me. And the audio book, right? You do like the audible, ver- or it's not audible, but the read to you version while reading it at the same time, don't Correct. you? Yeah. yeah. So I miss, so I, I, I mix the things combined of of looking at it, reading it, also having it read to me so all of my senses are really combined together so that I can um, pay attention and keep focused and all that. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And and right, such a great part of when we live right now that we have a lot of options available to us and a lot of accessibility to scripture um, and ways to, yeah, ways to connect with with the word of God and, and have it with us everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's so important to make sure that while the, the Bible is big and there's lots of words and it, it can seem really daunting if you've never read the entire Bible, it's important to make sure that we are reading a portion of Scripture and then we're rereading that portion of Scripture. And sometimes I think, man, there's so much of the Bible, I've got to keep reading all this stuff and we don't yeah. slow down to again find those treasures and those nuggets that God is really speaking to us in. It's okay if you wake up one day and you're going to read Matthew 13, 4. And then the next day you're going to wake up and you're going to read Matthew 13, 4. That's so good. And you get stuck on that because God really has something for you in this season about that scripture specifically. I Do you know what know. Matthew 13, I, I, I don't even know what Matthew 13, 4 <laughs> says. But, but there's something that but that God might have for you in that scripture and don't feel the need to rush past it. Read it, reread it, journal about it, 
figure out what it is that God has for you in that to make sure that you're not missing what it is that the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate with you. A hundred percent. I just want to read you Matthew 13, 4. Matthew 13, 4 says, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. It's right there in the middle of the parable of the sower. See? See? You might need to sit on that. That was for somebody. I don't know who this is for. It might have been for me. Don't let the seed get Okay, let's wrap this up. Um, So someone is listening today. They feel like they've either not had a great kind of connection relationship with their Bible scripture, or maybe they're a new Jesus follower or someone who's not even sure, right, if they want to be a Christian, but they want to start engaging in reading scripture. Where would you tell them to start? I would say find someone who knows scripture and and speak to them ask them questions about that, you know, because we're having this conversation that's recorded that you're listening to right now, but but ask somebody who knows scripture well about that. I, w- I would say start in the Gospels. Yeah, what, start, what is that? Start is with that? Jesus. So, so yeah. find um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I think John specifically is a great yeah. um, method of communicating who Jesus was in his time on earth and, and communicating his journey and so study out the book of John and, yeah. and fall in love with Jesus through that. Yeah, so good. I agree. Yeah. Nothing to add to that. It's just so much wisdom. So good right there. So good right there. Yeah, and, and then just make sure that as you're reading, you know, the rest of it, um, that, that you're speaking with people, that you're understanding and reminding yourself that while all Scripture is God-breathed, all Scripture is different. Mm-hmm. There's some's in the Old Testament, some's in the New Covenant, and uh, and making sure that we remember that it's all written for us, but it's not written to us. Yeah, so good. Hey, we are Phil and Meredith, and we hope that this has been encouraging, helpful, and is building up and strengthening your faith. It's our prayer that you will live a life with Jesus that carries you all the way to the end in strength and resilience. If you enjoyed this, let us know, send us some comments, share this information, and we would love for you to send us questions or other topics that we can talk about at a future bonus cast.